and we are live and we are back let's go i'm Corey, your host one half of the corner full of fat podcast and i'm back like i never left with another installment of wealth wednesdays here on the corner full of fat podcast we discuss health and wealth finances and fitness and everything in between and we want to make sure you save more and say less and keep making better your best yes yes however this is your first time tuning in. My co-host Jordan was on paternity leave. He's no longer on paternity leave, but when he was on it, I started giving y'all straight finance information, and I've continued that even though he has returned. And again, the Cordon Full of Fat podcast episodes where we discuss fitness and finances on the same podcast, those are going to be dropping every other Sunday, and we are planning to do one this Sunday, so... You guys are scheduled to get one this Sunday. And we got feedback that we should be going live. So instead of the podcast dropping on Sunday, as far as on YouTube, they're probably going to drop Sunday because as soon as we go live, they just post upload right there on YouTube once it's done processing. And maybe on the podcast platforms, you guys are going to get on on Monday. We still have to discuss that. But feedback was to do those more live. I'm looking at doing Wealth Wednesdays more live. And again, these are dropping late. Work has been crazy, so I haven't been able to record early in the morning, so doing this at night, but if there there's a way for me to work this as far as recording, you know, 6.37 in the morning on Wednesday, it's probably close to like 7.38, because the finally fit class that Jordan offers for his personal training doesn't end to about 6.30, 6.45, so, but regardless... If you guys have any questions, concerns, again, you can reach out to myself, sideline underscore Corey, and again, my co-host Jordan is Stop Stalling Jay for the fitness information. And again, for those of you who may have been tuning in but just got caught back up, I had to move, emergency move. So yes, my background has changed. Still working on getting everything set up so I get my books and everything behind me. But right now, this is what we got. I'm working on switching my mic situation so you guys can see like my both my eyes. I remember. On the last episode, or last two, you can only see one of my eyes most of the time. And I know we've gotten complaints where you guys can't see like my mouth and Jordan's mouth as we talk. So I'm going to try to work, you know, figure that out without sacrificing the audio. Because at the end of the day, the audio is most important. If y'all can't hear us, then what's the matter? But again, on the Wealth Wednesdays, we get straight to the finance information. And today we're going to talk about taxes. So again, It is 2023. It is time to start preparing, if you haven't already, for filing your taxes for the 2022 year. And we're going to talk about some mistakes that you guys might want to avoid. But before we get into that, make sure to hit that like button. Make sure y'all share and subscribe. Please participate and help us out with the YouTube algorithm on all the podcast platforms as well. Leave those rating reviews. Okay, for Jordan, you can follow his business page at Finally Fit. That's on Instagram and Facebook. Yes. And then his website is finallyfit.live. And then you can check out his pricing for his online classes again, Monday and Wednesday is 530. They start at 530 a.m. And then on Tuesday and Thursday, he will be offering beginner classes. For those of you who don't think you can do the intermediate to advanced classes on Monday and Wednesday, the Tuesday and Thursday classes for beginners is at 6 a.m. For myself, my financial coaching information is in the description as well. $50 for one one-hour session a month, then $100 for up to one one-hour session a week. All right. I'm still working on the advertisements as well. I, I'm supposed to put them at the end, supposed to give y'all more information. I don't know. We're still working on when to do it. We need to say I'm slower. There's a lot of things we have to improve on. Welcome to the Court and Full Effect Podcast. We recommend you get 1% better every day. Now, we're going to get straight into it. Again, four minutes of advertisements. 
if we're gonna talk about these taxes, y'all. Now, let's be very clear. For entertainment purposes only, don't sue me, sue your mama. I am not a tax professional. So please do your own research and speak with a financial advisor slash a tax professional before you even use any of this information. And for those of y'all tuning in, you know, I always have issues with the names of people who write these articles as far as the author. I don't read these articles ahead of time. I just look at the title of the article and I skim it, you know, to see how long it's going to be so I can prep for that. But other than that, I do not read these articles ahead of time. So for those of y'all been listening, you know these names. Thank God. Kim Porter, bless your soul, Kim Porter. Five. I mean, this is the second name where I knew, like, okay, I know I can pronounce this. All right, but again, we normally do CNBC, but we got Yahoo News today. Again, top 10 mistakes and how to avoid them. I thank y'all. Can y'all see that? Let me see. Now, let me zoom in some more. That's yeah, That's better. I'm on a way bigger monitor now, too. All right, let's see what Kim has to say. This is going to be a four-minute read, so this should be a relatively quick episode. Americans can file their tax returns several months before they are due, but about a third wait until the very last minute. Yes, my recommendation, start preparing for your taxes right when around the fourth quarter starts, so that October-ish Halloween window, you should start preparing for your taxes because the year is mostly over, and it's time to start getting your documents together. Definitely make sure you're looking at your paycheck to see how much money you've made for the year. Start preparing for any bonuses that you might receive at the end of the year because the bonuses will get added to your gross. Things of that nature, if you had any crazy expenses that you can use from a credits and or deduction standpoint, again, speak with a tax professional. That's the time you want to want to do it. You don't want to start preparing for your taxes now slash past now, you know, February time frame. You do get to the tax filing date, which this year is April 15th for 20, excuse me, April 18th. For 2023, but you want to start preparing for your taxes right around the October, November time frame, possibly even earlier to that, than that, depending on how complicated your tax situation is. You really want to be preparing for your taxes, you know, all throughout the year, right? Keeping track of things. But as far as making sure you got all the documents in place or what you might need, for those who don't have a really complicated tax situation, you know, you just got a W-2 or two W-2s with your spouse. Around that October time frame is when you're going to look at that. But again, it says a third wait until the very last minute, which is April. Shout out to those. Y'all be asking for those extensions. Okay, scrambling to prepare for your taxes can result in a slip up or two. Yes, which may cost you, oh my goodness, in the form of a smaller tax refund, a larger tax bill, or even a dreaded audit letter from the IRS. I want to be very clear. Shout out to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles of the United States financial system. Federal Reserve, Treasury. IRS and SEC, not the Southeastern Conference, but Security and Exchange Commission. Now, the IRS is underneath the Treasury, but the IRS be moving out here with so much power, you would think they're their own entity. If the IRS has a problem with you, you do not want to owe them money. Okay, Pretty much every restriction you can think of can occur if you owe the IRS money. They will freeze your bank accounts, make it so you can't leave the country, or if you come back into this country, you'll get arrested. Do not owe the IRS. Also, remember, too, in short, a refund is you paying too much in taxes. Owing money is you not paying enough. So a lot of people like to think of a refund as you loaning the government money and them giving it back to you without any interest on it. Okay. Whether or not you should should not get a refund, I don't know if they'll discuss that in here, but we're not going to talk about that on this episode. At the end of the day, you don't want to owe too much or get too big of a refund. Um, obviously, if you have a situation where you just got married, like myself, or you have a kid, bought a house, things like that, where you have credits and deductions that are 
not a one-time thing, but something that doesn't occur every year, that's going to be something where, yeah, okay, you might get a large refund. But most of the time, you don't want to get too big of a refund and you don't want to owe too much money. As far as the two, you definitely rather get the refund than owe because you can get charged a penalty if you owe too much money. There's no penalty for getting too big of a refund, meaning you sent the government too much money, but you can get penalized for owing too much money or not sending the government too much money. So you just send them a whole bunch of money. They ain't got no issue with them. You can't write buy bonds, things like that. You can't just send our government money or your federal state government, whichever one you want to. You can't just send them money. But from a refund standpoint, there is no penalty for getting too big of a refund. You can get a penalty for owing too much money, right? You already owe money, right? And then you can end up owing too much where you actually get penalized for that. So please be aware. Again, not tax advice. I could be flipping those, but I'm pretty sure it's the refund route because that's what makes sense. The best defense against errors is avoiding them on your return in the first place and when possible, preparing for tax season ahead of time. Oh, I just discussed this. Returns for the 2022 tax year are due right April, right? 20, okay, April 18th, 2023. Here are easy ways to avoid some of the biggest mistakes. It's a four-minute read and it's 10, 10 options. Edward C. Eduardo Huval, Javol, Javol, holds his tax return. Okay, this is something else. All right. First thing, I wish they had one next to these things. There's no numbers. First thing is filling. Yeah, don't file a, a paper return. It's 20. Okay. If you don't have access to the internet, I don't know how you listen to this. But if, you, if you're listening to this, do not file a paper return. Because you listen to this, you have access to the internet. Filing a paper return, yes, is a mistake. But if you're returning it, it can get lost in the mail, delayed in the processing time. Oh, my goodness. It can be a huge headache to deal with. Yes, says Leslie. Hand. See, these are the names. My goodness. A debt resolution attorney and personal finance expert. It's better to file electronically. Yes, because it takes significantly less processing. Yes. Plus, tax software can automatically check for tax breaks and apply the latest tax laws. Yes. In short, would you rather send an email? If you have the option, would you rather mail something or send something via the email? If it can be emailed, right? You would send it via email. You can write letters via the mail. You can mail people, right? Remember, email is just an electronic mail. Okay, but yes, please, please. Do not file with the paper. Just do it electronically. Forgetting to report all your income. Oh, my goodness. Okay, remember, tax tax avoidance is perfectly legal. Tax evasion is against the law and you're going to go to prison. Okay, the IRS expects you to report any income you receive during the year, whether it's a reported or it's reported on your W-2 or it's cash you receive under the table. Okay. If you file your taxes and fail to include that income, you may face interest charges and a late filing penalty when the IRS finds out. Tanya, Tan, I don't know, said, now, from my personal experience, so for those of you who get interest charged on your bank account, right, as far as in that savings account or if you had a high yield savings and interest, your bank is required if you get $10, I think more than $10 or $10 or more, I don't know if it's greater than or equal to, one of the two, but if you get $10 or more in interest accrued, your bank is required to send you the 1099 interest form. If it's less than that, they're not required for you to, um, they're not required to send it to you. And most people don't even think to add it up and put it on their taxes, but you are supposed to put it on there. However, if you do get over $10 in interest, which I did one time, I got like $15.36 and you forget to put it on there, the IRS did send me a bill saying, hey, you forgot to put this $15 in interest, by the way, still in the bank account, but I forgot to file it on my taxes. And I owed about 40, I think it was $43.46 in penalties. And they charged me interest. And I paid them back right away. As soon as they let me know that I forgot to put it on there, I wrote them a check and paid it. 
But my goodness, they fifteen dollars, y'all. I, I promise you, this is a real life story. They came for me for fifteen dollars. So yes, make sure you're adding all your money on there. I need to research this again, but for the six hundred dollar issue about the Cash App that was, you know, Cash App um, third uh, third party network transactions that we were talking about that was going around, I believe they increased that. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Let me see if, it, if it's still a thing. Americans over. We might just have to do a whole nother episode on this. I'll have to look into that. And then if it's a lot of information, I'll do a whole nother episode on it. But that's something you want to look at to see if the $600 cash app limit is still a thing. Again, it's on you. If you're if you co-mingled money where you have business cash apps coming in to the same thing as your personal one, it's on you to document which ones were personal, which ones were business okay goofing up oh also too um put all your income on there i know y'all don't some of y'all who get paid cash and things like that right you're a server put all your income on there please don't commit tax tax evasion my goodness goofing up basic information if you misspell your name leave off a digit your social security how you leave off a digit your social security number the irs may reject your income tax return altogether but the agency will tell you right away and let you make it right keep in mind if someone in your household doesn't have a social you can list an individual tax, okay, a 10, an I-T-I-N. Remember, your social security is also known as your 10 or your tax identification number. All right, up next, not using the best, I'm about to say, don't tell me how they got to pay for it. Not using the best filing status. Right, okay, this makes sense. Your filing status affects the tax rate applied to your income and certain tax breaks you can claim. So choosing the wrong filing status can result in a lower tax refund. A bill for additional taxes or even an audit. Oh my goodness, do not get audited. If you're, and I guess I'm gonna skip her name because I don't feel like Tan, Tanya, Tan, I don't know. If you're unsure which status is T A Y N E for those listening to podcast platforms, that's the name T A Y N E. If you're unsure which status to use, single, married, filing joint, uh, married, filing separate, head of household, or qualifying widow, they consider using tax filing software to check out the IRS Interactive Tax Assistant. Yes, you can go on the IRS website and use their tool to um, it's a tax estimated calculator. I believe I have this on the financial side of Startup Kit as well, but it's a tax estimator. Now, it's for the current year, so this is something you want to use like at the end of the year so you can predict what you think your taxes are going to be, whether they're going to owe or get a refund. It's not perfect, right? They let you know it's an estimate. But again, something you should do around that October, November timeframe to start preparing for taxes for your filing for the following year. If you're married, most times you're going to file a marital filing joint. Rarely is it beneficial to you to do married filing separately unless you have like significant um, medical expenses on someone's side, things like that. In a rare case where it does benefit you to do married filing uh, separately or if you're in a situation where you're getting divorced slash separated, right? You're separated, but you know, the paperwork hasn't gone through yet. So technically last year you were still married. You might choose the married filing separate route there. However, you know, nine times out of 10, you're still gonna get a better, a bigger, or, you know, it's better for your tax situation to still do married filing joint. But a lot of people don't want to work with their, you know, what what are, what are you when you separate? I guess it's a technically still your spouse, but they don't work with the person that they're divorced from when they need to file their taxes, right? Usually you're well, your money's probably coming out in divorce, but you know how that goes. Single slash head of household, right? Head of household is going to benefit you there if you know you're the head of household and qualifying widow. Unfortunately, you know it's unfortunate if you're in that situation, but if your spouse did die, then obviously you get the qualifying widow status as well. Again, speak with a tax professional when you're doing this type of stuff. 
making math errors. My goodness, what do y'all? Don't tell me y'all. Never mind. Are y'all doing that? Are y'all adding this stuff up by by yourself? The IRS caught more than nine million math errors on last year's tax return. Nine million. My goodness, ranging from simple addition subtraction issues to complex calculations gone wrong. Many of those mistakes came from right country numbers, right? Child tax credit. Yeah, preparing your taxes. Good idea. Yes, double check your math. Also, one thing too between taxes and credits. I mean, excuse me, credits and deductions. Deductions, in short, deduct the overall amount you're going to get taxed on. So let's say, for example, you make $100,000 and you have a deduction, for example, of $10,000. That means instead of you being taxed on the $100,000, you're only going to be taxed on $90,000. The way credits work is credits go towards your quote unquote refund. So let's say you have a credit of $1,000. And before that credit is applied, let's say you owe $2,000. So after you have all these deductions and things go in, your taxable income, let's say, for example, is still $90,000. And when you get taxed on that $90,000, they tell you, hey, you owe us $2,000. But then you go, oh, nope, I have a credit for $1,000. So now instead that credit, right, quote unquote, goes towards the $2,000 you owe, and you're just going to have to pay or owe $1,000. And let's say your refund was going to be, you're going to, excuse me, you're going to get a refund of $2,000. You got a credit for $1,000. Now you get a refund of $3,000. Again, not, not, not tax advice, but I'm 99% sure that is how it works. Again, deductions are better than credits in the sense that they reduce the overall amount you're going to be taxed on. But again, credits, you know, do quote unquote, give you money, but credits are applied after your deductions. So deductions get applied first because you don't know if you're going to owe or get a refund until all the deductions occur to figure out how much money you should actually be taxed on. Obviously, you know, it's all quote unquote calculated at the same time, but you know, that's how the math works. You got to put all your deductions in first to see how much you are actually supposed to get taxed on and then the credits going to get applied to how much you owe or you're going to get a refund for. Providing the wrong, Jesus, providing the wrong bank information. Shout out to the people who go to, I'm not going to mention any names, but you know, you go to one of these companies that offer um, CPA services to help you with your taxes and you don't have a bank account and you're required, you end up sending them your money. I remember working at the credit union, my goodness, people getting their refund checks. Oh my goodness. So, whew. Anyways, you have the option of getting your tax refund yeah, sent to your bank, but make sure the account number, yep, and route number are correct. With the wrong information, the bank may reject the deposit or they may direct it to another person's account. Also, too, when it comes to checks, oh, I miss working with the credit union because there's so many things you just see and learn. When it comes to getting a pay, uh, you know, physical check, if the check has two people's names on it, right, let's say husband and wife, John Doe and Jane Doe, for example, but the check doesn't have and. Right. Let's just say it's, it's like a printed check and it's on two different lines. You got John Doe's name on one line then the next line it says Jane Doe and there's no and there. Well, it's implied that it's or it's only and if it's stated that it's and. And I'm saying that to say for a check purpose, when it says or that means the check belongs to either Jane Doe or John Doe. So let's say you're in a situation which a lot of people are in where you're getting divorced or separated, but it's, it didn't happen in 2022. It's happening in 2023. But y'all say, hey, financially, it's still best for us to do marriage filing joint. And y'all get a check sent to you. And the check's made out to Jane Doe and John Doe. But in the sense of it says Jane Doe, John Doe, and then it's saying, you know, for a 2022 tax return refund. Either one of those people are able to use the check. They don't need both signatures. When it says and both signatures require slash it's required to go into a bank account, in which both people have rights to the money. Again, this depends on financial institution. But that's generally how it's going to work. So that, that stuff gets real tr tricky as well. 
where it's not it's not made out properly, but then you might have something like you'll get your I'm talking about the federal return, you'll get your state your state return as a check as well, and your state return says and okay, and mind you, you're in the process of getting divorced, so now all your accounts actually are separated, right? You did marriage filing joint, but your bank accounts are separated, and now your financial institution is telling you that hey, both of y'all got to sign this check and be you know be be on the account before it gets deposited. Oh, things get real messy like that. So yes, make sure you have the right bank information. And if you are taking the route where you're doing merely filing separately because you actually are separated slash getting divorced, make sure you handle those things properly. Also too, as well, let's say you were in a situation where you got divorced at the end of the year, you did December divorce people, you likely been par- paying the whole year as what? You've been paying your taxes, merely filing joint. But if you got divorced, you're might you might need to be filing as what now as single and the single tax rate is you know higher than the married one so you might end up owing a whole bunch of money because the same way how you get that benefit if you get married later the in the year where you get to take that married filing joint uh status as if you've been married the whole year and you've been paying that single rate it works the same way if you end up getting divorced and late in the year you get treated as if you've been single that whole year and you've been paired paying at the married rate. So that's just something to keep um, in mind as well for those of you who are unfortunately going through that process. Mailing your paper return to the wrong <laughs> mailing your return to the wrong address. Just do it online. I'm not even going to read this. My goodness. Forgetting to send sign and date the return. This is something that has to be involved when you're mailing and doing the paper route because electronically it's not going to go through until you actually sign it. It's a small detail, so why not get it right? The IRS won't accept the tax return that's unsigned and not dated which holds up in the entire process, which holds up the entire process. If you are filing a joint return, make sure, yes, both spouses sign and date the return. E-filers can sign using the self, self-selected pen, personal identification number. Not making a copy of return. Yes, if you do the electronic route, make sure you download and make sure you have all your tax documents. I know I have a taxes folder, then I have you know a, a subfolder in each of that for each year. Tax experts recommend keeping a copy of your tax returns for at least three years. Keep... Yeah, in case you get audited, keep your tax returns forever, more than three years, right? If you need to get in the cloud, right, whatever, keep your tax returns forever. After filing, I know I have all my information from since I started working at Burger King High School. After filing, make a copy of return, right, or download, as I said, and keep it in a safe place. Needing more time, yeah, if you need that extension, need more time to file your tax return, no problem. File form 4868 by the fi- by the filing deadline to request an automatic six-month extension. This also prevents late filing penalties. Just remember, you still need to pay any taxes due by the original filing deadline, which is April 18th this year. Now, again, the filing deadline, that April 18th that you see, that's also the deadline for your ability to contribute to your IRA, whether it's traditional or Roth, and still get credit for the previous tax year. Okay, so that's something to remember as well. And again, this tax filing deadline of April 18th, they, they do move it sometimes. And they even moved it most notably during the pandemic in 2020. It was moved all the way out to July, which means you were able to contribute to something like your Roth IRA for the 2019 year all the way up till July of 2020. So again, this tax filing date is definitely something you want to keep note of. Is that it? Kim Porter is a freelance writer. Okay, cool. Again, shout out to Kim Porter for this. Again, 10 things. One, need if you need more time, file out, excuse me, file out, fill out form 4868 if you need more time by the tax filing deadline to get an automatic six-month extension. 
Number two, and these are in no particular order. Number two, not making a copy of return. Again, if you're insane and do a paper route, the paper route, paper route, <laughs> deliver newspapers. If you decide to mail your return, like a physical copy, and you're in the Stone Ages, make sure you make a copy of your tax return. And obviously, if you do it online, like most people, be sure to download it. Okay. Third thing, forgetting to sign and date the return. Again, this is it for people who. <laughs> We're taking the paper route online. It's going to be pretty much impossible to submit your tax return without, you know, signing and dating it, which the software is going to handle. And most of these things are about not doing the paper route. I keep saying paper. That sounds funny. Paper boy, paper boy. Um, no copyright. Yeah. So that's that's two things. I just, I just mentioned that are about um, doing a physical return. Again, next thing, okay, third thing, the fourth thing on here, but the third thing about a paper return, mailing your paper return to the wrong address. Don't do that. Okay, fifth thing, providing the wrong bank information. Sixth thing, math errors. Again, that's likely going to be on the um, the, pa the paper side, so I'm going to say that's, that's five things. Not using the best filing status. Again, most, most of you, if you're married, the best option is going to be married filing joint for you. As long as you're still married, right? If you're getting divorced, separated, you got to look into that. And then if you're single, you need to check and see if head of household is something that um, is best for your status. Again, recommend working with a CPA, financial advisor. Goofing up basic information. Again, this is likely still if you're writing, if you're doing it the paper, paper way, I say paper way instead of paper route. Because if you're doing it automatically, it's going to pour over your information, especially if you're using a service that you already previously used. They're likely just going to pour it over old information. Forgetting to report all your income, yes, do not do not do tax evasion, tax avoidance. Please report all of your income, all of it, even your side hustle money. I got, I know I have my, mine all noted for all my financial coaching money. I know everything down. Also, too, I pay Todd slash make a charitable contribution on my income, everything I earn. Shout out to the 10% growth. So it's even more important for me to add the um, side hustle money that I make so that it always shows on my tax return that I always pay 10% on my gross as far as um, or not pay, but I do a charitable donation of 10% of my gross. A lot of you trying to find a way to, let's say, lower your income, your taxable income, right? Your deductions, find some deductions out there. The charitable route, I think it's 503C. 501c3, my bad. 501c3 is a charitable donations um, section in the IRS tax code, like 401k, 501c3. But you're in a situation where you can't just really just jump up and say, I'm going to start just doing 10%, 15% of my gross as far as charitable donations, because that puts you in a situation where you're going to be audited. But if you're someone like me who has always been doing 10% on their gross since they've been working at Burkey, making $7.25 an hour, shout out to minimum wage. They always say I do 10% of my gross, always, no matter what it is. I do 10% of my gross. And again, file on a paper return. Is that 10 things? One, two, three, four. Okay, it is 10 things. And about, about half of them were not, not to do a paper return. So what are the big notes here, y'all? Don't, don't do a paper return. Now, again, it's tax season. Make sure you consult a professional. Don't sue me. Sue your mama. But if you have not started preparing for your taxes yet, please get on it now. I believe most of, if not all of the, you know, online softwares, they're ready to go. 
for those of you, like I said, you're going to get that 1099 INT or interest from your bank. You guys should be receiving those forms. If not, you can log into your bank account's website and find a way to get that form or you can call them. If you can go to a local you know, physical branch and have them uh, tell you how you can get that information. Again, Roth IRA information does not need to be put on your taxes because it's post-tax. Traditional IRA information will need to be put on there if you're going to use it as a deduction. You qualify for that. Um, your charitable uh, your charitable donations, again, 501C3. Uh, um, any other deductions or credits you may be getting, make sure you have all that paperwork in place. Mortgage interest, if you have, have clients that solar panels, all these different things that you need. Again, if you got kids, right, y'all? Now you're not married, but you got kids and trying to figure out who gets it. Okay, who's getting the, the claiming option this year? All these things need to get sorted out because April 18th will be here before you know it. I mean, if you're listening to this now, we really, we really get less than three months. We get barely three months to file our taxes, and it goes by fast because the documents probably just got sent out for the W-2s. They probably just got made available, right? They get made available about the second to last week of January, which we're in. And you know, for some some people, you might be getting the mail. And that might take a while. You start waiting to get into February if you're in an investment group like my mom is, or you wait for that K-1 form, and that comes out, I think, like late March. Like, there's a lot of stuff, depending on your tax situation, that you might have to wait for and why it's very important that you get ahead of it. And the more complicated your tax situation is, the more likely it, you know, it's going to make sense for you just to work with the professional. All right. So that's it, y'all. That's all I have again. Make sure you hit that like button for the YouTube algorithm. That's all you have to do. It's free. Just hit that like button. Make sure you leave comments as well. Any topics you would like us to discuss on the fitness, finance side, or everything in between. We need to do another uh, podcast files. We'll discuss anything. We will discuss anything on here. Just let us know. Again, for my co-host Jordan, the fitness person, Stop Saul and Jay, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, his business page, Finally Fit, Instagram, and Facebook, and then his website for his training services, is finallyfit.live. He offers he offers classes on Monday and Wednesday, 5:30 a.m. Those are more intermediate to beginner, excuse me, intermediate to advanced classes. Then on Tuesday and Thursday at 6 a.m., he's offering beginner classes if you don't think you're ready for those Monday and Wednesday classes. For myself, Silent underscore Corey, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find my financial coaching information in the description as well as far as my pricing. But again, $50 for one one-hour session a month, $100 for up to one one-hour session a week. Okay, there we go. We got the slower advertisement of our services there for our feedback. All this information is in the show notes on YouTube in the description. Just click that show more. You'll see all our links there. If you have any questions, concerns, just reach out to either of us. And also, too, if you're more comfortable with talking to me, but you want to ask fitness information, you want me to ask Jordan fitness information, go ahead and take that route. And if you're more comfortable talking to Jordan and you want him to ask me about finance stuff, take that route because people do do that. They ask me to they'll ask me to ask Jordan a fitness question when they should just reach out to him and vice versa. But we're perfectly fine with that. We're here to help you all. If you have any questions or concerns, just let us know. But all right. Make sure you all pay. Man, make sure y'all pay if y'all owe y'all refund. Please do not commit tax fraud. I don't want anybody going to prison over this stuff. Shout out to the PP loans. Shout out to the crypto. It's crazy out here. That's it, y'all. I don't know what I'm going to talk about next. I think I'm going to look at this $600 stuff for the IRS and do some more tax stuff to help y'all out for this year. But all right, y'all. Remember to save more and say less. 
keep making better your best. And I will catch y'all in the next one.